Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin, and... I've been having more and more baking guests on the show lately because I'm just fascinated with the science behind baking. And my guest today has a PhD in that science because these cookies that she's cranking out are just divine. Please welcome my guest today, Christina Kalen, the owner of Cravings Cookies. Christina, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It is absolutely my pleasure. And you brought cookies in, which already has this off to a fantastic start. I can't wait to dive into these. But first, I want to just get your opinion on something from a very high level. What, in your mind, makes a perfect cookie? Oh, the perfect cookie is crispy on the outside and chewy in the middle. Um, Not too crunchy, just the right amount of crunchy. Um, It's got enough flavor that you don't have to think about what kind of cookie it is, that it just pops, and you can get all the flavor and the right texture to make the, the perfect cookie. I love that the way that you described that you don't have to think about what flavor it is. Like you don't have to hunt for it and be like, oh, is this a peanut butter cookie? Am I getting enough cinnamon for this to be a snickerdoodle? It just like, it punches and you're just like, yep, this is a classic chocolate chip. Right. That's brilliantly said. Yeah. So one thing that I really find fascinating about cookies is like, I think each baker has like their own personality for, for, instance i had uh larissa soder of the finicky cookie on a couple weeks ago she makes amazing cookies they are very very different from yours Mm -hmm. hers are very uh technical they're a little bit crispier they have extremely neat edges royal icing intricate designs both are great but they're different Mm -hmm. so if you were to describe your cookie style Mm -hmm. how would you describe it Um, my cookie style is a giant cookie is what I prefer. Um, one that can either be shared or you can indulge in it on your own. Um, and I like to mix up my flavors. So I change them, um, about every month I switch it up. So I'll have some class classic flavors and some unique flavors. Um, I like to create new recipes, um, and try to perfect a recipe, uh, before I get it out to my customers. And um, so, yeah. And when she says these are giant cookies, listeners, like you have to be able to palm a basketball to be able to fit these in the <laughs> palm of your hand. They are large. And yes, you probably should share them with someone else, 
but it's very difficult to not just <laughs> dive all the way in once yeah. you start. So yeah. it's it's a it's a fight of portion control. Yes. And um, that's a fight that I usually lose. So if at this point or any point in this episode you find yourself craving oh, no pun intended. I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> Some of these cookies. You can either order boxes off of Christina's website, cravingscookies.com, or you can go to her company, which is a uh, boutique located just off 156 and Q. You usually have some in stock there, uh, and you've yes. been working with them and actually baking out of that kitchen right. more recently. And I want to dive into that. Yeah. And just so you know, cravings is with a K. That's a very good thing to note. Yes, cravings with a K. Okay, so you talked a little bit about you offer uh, four cookies mm-hmm. every month. Right. That they can be ordered in that individual flavor or in like a, a tasting box. Mm-hmm. What's the strategy behind doing that versus having a full menu of, oh, here's my 20 recipes, order off this? Mm-hmm. Um, I think rotating the flavors brings back customers. So if they've had my chocolate chip cookie and they're like, oh, that's really good, and then I switch it up and do like a peanut butter Reese's cookie, they're like, the last one was really good. I bet this one's good because I like peanut butter. Um, so I think it brings uh, customers back to to try more of my my cookies, just different flavors. Mm-hmm. I think that's so smart. It's like a restaurant that has a daily or a weekly special. Mm-hmm. It's not just people getting the same thing over and over again, but it's, hey, I, I loved what I had there last time. Oh, now I see this new thing on social media. Well, shoot, I have to get that. Right. And that's exactly what happened with me. I was just telling you as we came in here, I'm a huge fan of all things mint so chocolate and mint is like right up my alley and i've had several of your cookies and i really liked them and then when i saw <laughs> that chocolate mint was on this month's rotation mm-hmm. boom yeah. i I'm, i was at her company like a day later because i was like i have to try that and yes it was it was fantastic yes thank you so if we're talking about uh four different cookies each month 12 different months obviously in a year we're talking almost 50 cookies a year and i know you're not reinventing all these cookies all the time there Mm -hmm. are repeats that come up but you're still inventing a lot of new flavors where do you draw inspiration from um well i've had a chocolate chip cookie recipe that i've had for years and when i decided i wanted to start baking and selling those cookies i took that recipe and i perfected it and um you know had people try it my friends try it my family try it um, to get some advice to, to make it the perfect chocolate chip cookie. And now I take, for most of my cookies, I take that base recipe and, you know, add different flavors or um, add some uh, toffee or uh, chocolate chips or Reese's Pieces or different things to that base recipe um, because I know that I've perfected that. Some of my recipes are not with that base recipe, but... Um, that's where the foundation is. Now, when you say you've perfected mm-hmm. the chocolate chip cookie, you perfected that base mm-hmm. that is injected into so many other cookies. Without asking you to like give away the trade secrets or anything, what makes it the perfect base? Um, the temperature that I cook it at or, or bake it at is a little bit higher than people would expect, so that it makes the outside of it crispy and the center of it uh, still chewy. Um, And so just getting that formula right and figuring out what temperature to cook it at and for how long, um, that's just the strategy that I've I've taken to make the perfect chocolate chip cookie. Okay, I wanna tease some taste buds here for the listeners, try and get them enticed. What are 
both some customer favorites that just sell like hotcakes whenever they hit the menu, mm-hmm. and what are some of your personal favorites that you've put out? Mm-hmm. Um, a personal favorite, I really like my chocolate chip cookie. I do use a higher quality chocolate chip. It's a Ghirardelli chocolate chip, um, and it's a milk chocolate. Uh, so most people assume maybe that it would be a semi-sweet because lots of chocolate chip cookies are made with semi-sweet chocolate chips. So this one I put in milk chocolate chips and they're a little bit of a bigger um, chip in there. And so you get that nice quality um, chocolate in your chocolate chip. Um, and then I love peanut butter. So any of my peanut butter cookies, they're nice and chewy. And to remain on on brand, my cookies are giant. And they're usually a thick, a thicker variety. Um, a customer favorite is a, a Twix cookie that I make. Okay. It has a sugar cookie base with toffee bits in it, and then a layer of caramel and a layer of chocolate. So it's like a Twix cookie or a Twix candy bar in a cookie form. So that one is really popular. Um, another one that I have out for the month of March is my lemon white chip cookie. Um, it tastes, uh, it has a taste of a lemon bar. So it's got like that really, um, it's like a sweet lemon taste. So it's got like that tang in there. Um, and that one's really popular too. So, and I think whenever I come out with a peanut butter cookie, people love peanut butter and chocolate. So that's a good combination to have too. Absolutely. What is a particular cookie that like sticks out in your mind? So this I asked this question like, this could be a recipe that you tried for years to perfect and it, you just couldn't get it, couldn't get it, and then finally got it and it was just like, yes, that's awesome. Or maybe it's one where you didn't really know how the customers were going to take it. Mm-hmm. Like, are, are they going to like this? And it just like people loved it and went crazy for it. Are there any recipes that just like pop to the front of your mind that you're just really proud of? Um, Yeah, I made a... Um, a shortbread pecan cookie with uh, salted caramel buttercream. And it was, I thought it was divine. Um, but I have found that with my customers, sometimes if it is a little too out of their comfort zone, it's hard for them to try um, because everyone loves a classic chocolate chip cookie. Um, and so I try to have those classic flavors, but also, you know, um, have some more unique flavors. And so that one, um, it actually had an apple cider in it too. Whoa. So apple cider, pecan, shortbread cookie with a caramel buttercream. And it had drizzled uh, caramel on top too. So that one was, was really fun to invent. And I, it did take a process of trying to figure out how much apple cider and what, what ingredients to make it so that you could taste it enough and get that salted caramel in the, in the frosting Um, but I think I, I did a pretty good job on that one. Well, I think that what you just said kind of loops back to what we started this conversation with in that you put a lot of effort into this cookie and you were really proud of it, but it is something that's a little bit outside of what people would traditionally expect from a cookie. So if you just put that on a website with 20 other flavors, or you just went to her company and put that next to your chocolate chip cookie, you're probably not going to sell a ton of those Mm -hmm. but if you offer it you know once a year or you put it in a tasting box Mm -hmm. and somebody buys the tasting box and they try that then they're like oh this thing that i never would have ordered originally Mm -hmm. 
ends up being one of my favorite things. So that just plays right into that strategy that you were talking about right off the bat. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Just getting people to try different cookies along with those classic ones. Um, that's, I try to mix it up in my, my monthly cookies. Do you have like a, a North Star flavor that you're chasing right now? Like one that you've been testing and you're just like, man, I, I, I really want to get this one. You know, I haven't quite perfected just a dark chocolate cookie because with the cocoa powder, I found that sometimes it turns out a little bit uh, dry. Um, and so I've been working on what do I need to add to my my cookie base to make it a more chewy cookie on the inside and crisp crisp cookie on the outside because that's that's what I go for. So I'm still working on that. Um, I'm hoping to come out with a cosmic brownie cookie. I think if it's more like a brownie chewy taste, I think that will um, accomplish what I'm going for. Very nice. I'll be monitoring that on Instagram, looking for that. <laughs> yeah. So I want to get a little bit into your background as well and kind of learn how this whole thing came to start. You note on your website that your love for baking, or at least your interest in baking, started from spending time with grandma in the kitchen. What what memories do you have? Like, what was it about that experience that drew you to baking? Mm. Um, whenever I would visit my grandma, she would either be baking bread or she would have cookies. Um, she was known for her cakes. Um, she would make big wedding cakes and she'd have birthday cakes for us grandkids that were extravagant. Um, and she'd have a plethora of different cookies. It wasn't always just one cookie that she would always make. She'd have different flavors and, and different cookies for us to try. And I just remember enjoying being in the kitchen with her and with my cousins and, you know, making gingerbread houses or that was that was a way for for us to connect with her and for her to provide some sort of entertainment when we go to grandma's house. Um, it seemed to be centered around food um, and we would get in the kitchen and, and make, um, you know, dinner together or the gingerbread houses or whatever she had come up for that, that time that we were there with her. And I remember waking up to the smell of fresh baked bread and just knowing that grandma's in the kitchen um, making something for us to to enjoy. So I think that's where my um, my love for baking started is seeing maybe just, you know, even I'm just thinking about it now, maybe just seeing the joy that she had from baking and the joy that it brought us. Um, I think that's maybe why I, I enjoy sharing my cookies with others is that I get to share my my joy of baking and make other people happy through them being able to taste something um, outstanding and sweet. So even as you started sharing this this joy of baking with other people, did you ever imagine that this would become something that you would do professionally? Uh, no. When I first started, I was really timid and a, a little bit nervous to share my cookies with others. Um, I first started baking in my home kitchen um, as a cottage baker, and before I even opened my my business for orders, I would have my friends try them, and I'm always like, you need to tell me your opinion, and let's be honest, like, what can I do to make it better? Um, and then I had one of my friends just say, I want to order cookies, and that's just kind of like how I just had to deep, you know, dive deep in and uh, get some cookies ready for them. And from from there, I was just like, I can't hold back. I just got to go for it. So people are going to like my cookies or, or they're not. But I, I have found 
um, a few fans, especially um, in Bennington, Nebraska. Um, the community there has been outstanding and supportive, and people love small businesses. So I, when I started, and even now, I do pickups um, at my home. Um, and so people in Bennington have loved the monthly pickups where they can come and get some home-baked cookies. Or now I do it at, at her company in the kitchen there. Um, and so, yeah, just started in my home kitchen with my children at my feet and trying to get cookies in the oven as quick as I could and mixing kitchen aids going all the time and trying to keep the little hands out of the cookie dough. <laughs> um, so now it's just completely changed being able to, to work um, at her company in the kitchen there and using a big commercial size mixer and I'm using the ovens there and being able to make a bigger quantity um, at a time to share that cookie love. I definitely want to get more into that and just the science behind all of it. But first, you had what I thought was a really cool, really real, really honest Instagram post a while back Mm -hmm. about how your love of baking eventually transformed into the business. And it kind of took you out of a very hard time in your Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. I'll let you go as deep as you want into yeah. that story and yeah. share as much as you feel comfortable. But but how did baking kind of get you out of that rough patch? Yeah, um, I've always loved baking. It brought me joy. It brings me joy now. Um, but after I had my third baby, I was struggling with some postpartum depression. And I thought to myself, what can I do for myself that I can find joy in um, to help get myself out of this, um, this feeling of depression? And I you know, thought to myself, well, I love to bake. When people ask me, what do you like to do? I would say, I love to bake. And I especially love to bake cookies. So I turned to baking and found the joy in, in not just baking, but sharing my cookies with others and seeing them light up and be like, oh my goodness, this is so good. This is such a good cookie. Um, you know, I also helped boost my confidence in my skill and provided me with that thing that I needed for myself to um, not just be associated with being a mom, but be associated with being a a businesswoman and a baker and having um, more than just one identity. Mm -hmm. You strike me as someone who's very humble. You you have a quiet confidence, but also, you know, kind of just like, really, you love my cookies that much? That that type of thing? Like what, what you mentioned you're you're baking a ton of cookies you're sharing them with friends you're asking for honest feedback mm-hmm. when that friend comes back to you and says hey i want to buy mm-hmm. cookies from you mm-hmm. what was that feeling like or what was your response um it was incredible that people wanted to to spend their money on a creation that i a cookie i created um, and especially I thought it was outstanding that not just my friends would order my cookies, but people I had never met um, in the community or, you know, I'd p- post on Facebook, like uh, Facebook group pages like Benny to Mamas or things like that. And people would just show up and support me. And I'd be like, this is crazy that people don't even know me and they want to try my cookies. Um, and I got so many amazing people review my cookies, and I think that's kind of what helped it. Because if you have a friend or a neighbor who's like, "You got to try these cookies; they're amazing," then you're going to be like, "Oh yeah!" Like this month, I have to order that box because my neighbor says it's awesome, or my friend says it's awesome. I need to have it, and 
And since there was only a limited quantity when I did it out of my home, um, I think that was also another draw. I was like, it's only like a select. There's some FOMO there. Yeah, like I could only produce so much, so many cookies. um, And so people would jump on my website and order quickly so that they could get them before I was sold out. So, yeah. So you... At least on Instagram, mm. you first introduced the world to Cravings Cookies on August 23rd of 2021. Mm-hmm. What did it feel like to put yourself out there as a new business and not just be like, oh, I'm selling these to my friends or, you know, friends of friends, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But like, no, this is an actual thing where, yes, yeah, strangers can order mm-hmm. from me now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a little intimidating, but I got my bachelor's degree in business and so I have wanted to own a business um, for for a while and why not put something that I love together with my desire for a business together um, to to make something that I could really enjoy doing so I I did definitely did want it to become a business and not just a hobby and so I'm super grateful I've had so much support to be able to make my small business dream come true Mm-hmm. Um, what are what do you think are some of the most important lessons you've learned about baking mm. since starting this business? Oh, I've had I even on my Instagram I share some of my baking the fails. failures. Yep. Oh my goodness. Um, and just trying to perfect that recipe. So I'll put some cookies in the oven, and then the timer will go off, and I'll pull them out and be like, "What? What happened to these cookies? Like this is not what I was going for. They'll either spread out too far." And they'll just be a ginormous cookie when I, I'm not meaning it to be. Or, um, you know, I, I have to make sure I have enough of a certain flavor in there. So I'll bake them, I'll try them, and I'm like, that's not quite it. So i got to try again. Um, so I think what I've learned is I just keep trying until I get it to the way that I want it to, to be. Um, and not, like even with my chocolate cookie that I'm just still trying to perfect um, just not giving up on that. What's what's that feeling like when you're working on a recipe and working on a recipe and working on a recipe and then like you get it? Then I nail it. Yes, yeah. and and you, <laughs> and you take that bite and you're like, this is exactly what I wanted. What is that eureka moment like for you? Yeah, um, I think I've eaten so many cookies. Honestly, <laughs> I have the best job because I get to try all of my cookies and eat all of my cookies, but. Um, I think a lot of it I turned to my husband in that he'll, he'll try my cookies and his expression or his comments kind of help me know, like, did I get it or did I not quite get it? Um, and so he's been a really great support. Just, you know, having these him be my taste tester and my kids be my taste testers. Um, but having his opinion as well as my own, I think, has helped create some, some, good, um, some good cookies there. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, I want to note, your husband is a doctor. He is. So I think you guys, like, on the low key, have a nice little, like, tag team thing going. You've got, yeah. you you feed people a bunch of cookies, and they have no self-control. So yeah. they eat, like, three or four. <laughs> they get a stomachache. They go see him. Right. Boom. Double yep. business right yep. there. <laughs> I, I kid. I kid. But, yeah. but seriously, like, family is a, a really critical part of this business, I think. And mm-hmm. I would love for you to speak into that a little yeah. bit more. I mean... You know, you mentioned now you've got access to a commercial kitchen, but for the first almost two years, year and a half that you were doing this, mm-hmm. you're baking out of your home and you've got 
three kids yep. running around. Yep. How are you able to kind of balance family life and this new professional life that you're taking on, especially in the beginning as mm-hmm. you're trying to figure it all out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So me and my family were from Utah, so we're not, we're not, um, Omaha natives. Um, but we've been here for almost five years now. So we don't have any family by, we just have each other. Um, so me and my husband do kind of, we've started to like tag team and that he's at work and then I'm at work and you know, whoever's home is helping take care of the kids. And he's been a really good support with that. Um, and I have found some really amazing friends, um, in the community that will help with my kids, um, when I need it. And, um, trying to find that balance of being there for my kids when they need me and still having that desire to, you know, expand my business and get into places that, that I want, you know, whether it be at her company or I want to get into some coffee shops and, um, breweries and anywhere who will take my cookies. Um, so it's just finding that balance and not uh, exerting myself too much in my cookie business so that I don't have enough Um, energy for my family, which is going to take some, a learning curve for me, I think, um, to be able to not overdo myself on the cookies and still be able to take care of a family. So I, I agree with that. I think that balance is very hard to find, but I'm confident that you'll get there Mm. because you have your grandma kind of as uh, your example and that she did it because she loved baking and she loved you guys and she mm-hmm. did it for you. And as you were telling that story at the top of the podcast, it was very reminiscent of an Instagram post of yours that you had, I think it was like last summer, but you, it was a picture of a bunch of kids all holding cookies. Mm-hmm. And it, it said you were, you had become like the unofficial neighborhood cookie lady. Right, right. And like, you just, you took so much pride in that. I like, did. I get a sense from you that like that to you matters more than being like Christina, you know, amazing cookie salesman, like Mm -hmm. blowing up her business. Mm -hmm. You are going to stay grounded because you just, you love being the neighborhood cookie lady or the one who's given a great cookie to your kids or your husband, something like Mm -hmm. that, because baking is what brings you joy. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah, it definitely brings me joy and I love to see the joy it brings others. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about Certified Piedmontese. Anyone who listens to this podcast or follows me on social media knows that I enjoy my fair share of decadent meals and delicious desserts. And that's why it's really important to me to eat really clean between big meals. And that is one of the main reasons I love Certified Piedmontese. Piedmontese cattle have extra muscle mass, which allows them to maintain a rich tenderness without much fatty marbling. In fact, ounce for ounce, certified Piedmontese beef has fewer calories and more protein than salmon. Don't believe that healthy food can taste this good? Just try it. When you order off certifiedpiedmontese.com, use the promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, for 25% off your order. You will taste the difference for yourself. If you are looking for steak, roasts, tenderloins, bacon, and more, Check out CertifiedPiedmontese.com and experience the Certified Piedmontese difference today. And now, back to my guest. Okay, I want to get into the science of a stuffed cookie. Okay. I don't even know if there is really a science behind it, but I'm curious. Right. Because you made your first stuffed cookie. It was a Rolo stuffed cookie in February of 2022. Yes. Is there a science behind stuffing a cookie? 
Um, or do you just put stuff in there and throw it in the oven? It's a little bit more intimidating than you think. Okay. See, uh, this is what I wanted to know. Right. This is good. Right. Yeah. And even I was intimidated by it. I was like, a stuffed cookie? Like, how am I going to do this? But honestly, you got to have, it's got to, I feel like it needs to be a giant cookie so that you have enough dough to stuff whatever you want to put in it. So, for example, with my Rolo cookie, I had enough of my co- my cookie dough base and I put a Rolo in there and I made sure I wrapped it up and made sure there was um, all the dough was covering it and baked it. And even sometimes the Rolo caramel would start to seep out the bottom. So um, I just had to make sure that I, you know, package it in there enough that it doesn't start to seep out. And now I have a peanut butter stuffed cookie, um, which is for this month, for the month of March. So it's a peanut butter cookie base and it's stuffed with peanut butter, just straight up peanut butter. Oh, man. Um, and then it's got some chocolate chips in it, and it's topped with Reese's Pieces. So, I mean, it sounds intimidating, but it's really not. Just, you know, just take your dough, make a little divot in it, put whatever you want in it, make sure you form the dough around it and bake it, and it usually comes out just great. This cookie that you're talking about is literally sitting like a foot and a half away from me right now, and it is doing... <laughs> I'm doing all that I can to not just tear into it at this moment because that sounded (laughs) amazing. Yeah. So you've posted a couple pictures of cakes on Instagram as well, but you've said these are things that you've done for like personal birthday parties or something like that. That's Mm -hmm. you've said, I'm not getting into this professionally. Mm -hmm. I'm sticking to cookies. Right. There are a lot of other bakeries that kind of run the whole gamut. They'll have cookies. They'll have cakes. They'll have brownies. They'll have donuts other types of things and that's to say nothing bad about those companies Mm -hmm. many of them are awesome but what was it that made you say you know what i'm not gonna do that other stuff i'm gonna stick in my lane and just stick strictly to cookies Mm -hmm. yeah um i think what you're referring to is i made a cake for my daughter for her first birthday yes to be her smash cake and it's like it's got lots of colors vibrant colors on it um and i i made that cake and I think just that experience alone was was enough for me to realize I think that I've perfected cookies enough that I don't need to go into making cakes. <laughs> there are other people who have that is that is their niche and that is their thing and they're amazing at it, but I've got cookies and I I that's where I want to be. Okay. Yeah. Uh you had your first pop-up in August of 22 at Erling Gray yes. in Bennington. Yes. What was that like for you? Oh, it was so awesome because she was having an event. She asked me to come, and I believe that's the one that I sold out within like an hour and a half. I think that was the first the first one. Um, but she had a lot of customers coming in, and, and I think they were all lined up waiting to come in, and they saw my cookies, and I just feel like people just gravitated towards them. And it was amazing to see the support for her shop, but also – the support for people wanting to try my cookies, whether they had heard of it or not. Um, and so them just seeing my giant cookies and and wanting to try to try something new was awesome. So, And I'm curious into, to like, what your emotions are like because you've obviously, you've seen your family taste these cookies. You've seen neighbors taste these cookies. Um, even your friends that you gave to and asked for feedback, you've seen them have the cookies. Mm-hmm. But to have complete strangers, like... Yeah to get to see them taste it and not like you're shipping out a box or they're picking it up at your house and oh they're going to go eat them later but you're getting like instant feedback in the moment yeah. from strangers who yeah. 
are going to give it to you. Yeah. What was it like for you? Um, I was a little scared and nervous of what people would say. Um, but most people have kind things to say. And when I first started, I would have my, I would ask my customers, how did you like the cookies? Um, and that was a little intimidating, hoping they'd come back with nice things to say. <laughs> um, and they did. And people would love to write reviews for me on my Facebook page. Um, and I think that's kind of another thing that maybe I did right was I asked people, like, how did you like the cookies? Will you please write a review? And I think that's what helped my audience grow as well. So they they had a, a reference point from someone else um, to, to know that the cookies were good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had another Instagram post where you basically listed out all your roles yes. within the company. Yeah. Baker, content creator, website developer, recipe genius, packager, dishwasher, and mama. That's a lot right. going on yeah. all at once. Okay. How do you keep all that straight? Like, wh- just, okay, how? Just how? how? <laughs> yes, how? I don't have a more intelligent question than that. How? Yeah. Um, you know, I just do what I have to do to, to fulfill this dream of mine of, of having a small business and hoping it, it will grow and help and hoping that it will bring joy to other people. Um, and so sometimes my husband would come home to a sink full of dishes that he'd have to help me with. Um, or sometimes my kids would be like, mom, it's dinner time or like, mom, you got to hurry and clean up so that you can make dinner. Or at least that was what was in my head. He, they wouldn't say that. But um, it was it was difficult having to make cookies in my home and then having to get that all cleaned up quickly so that I could make dinner in the same kitchen. Um, and so that was, that was, you know, at one point I kind of wanted to give up because I thought it was too much. I was like, my daughter is getting older. She's no longer taking two naps. She needs m- more of my attention. She's climbing up on the table trying to s- snatch one of those cookies off the table that are for somebody else who've paid money for it. Um, and then the opportunity to work at her company in the kitchen there was like, yeah, I think that's the route I want to go. Like, I'm going to take it from my home and move it into this kitchen where not only can I also provide cookies still to my current customers but also to to a new um you know demographic because um it's in a different part of omaha where i live in bennington um and so i just was super excited to get out of my home kitchen um but i had to find you know another thing i had to do was find care for my kids so i had to sort that out and figure out you know the finances of everything to to make everything work out but I think it was just the dream that I had of this small business and growing it and making it better and sharing this joy of cookies um, is what kind of just pushed me to get done whatever I needed to, to to get where I am today. How did the opportunity to join up with her company arise? I actually saw it from other um, home bakers that they were joining this um, this cooperative um, and that they were starting to bake out of this kitchen instead of out of their homes. And so... I reached out to Sweet Ash Max um, and was like, how, how is it going there? Like, I'm going to meet with the owner, Andrea, and uh, figure things out. And she's like, it's, you know, it's great. And I have met so many amazing bakers um, working there. And it's awesome to be surrounded by people who are in the same, like, have the same creative outlet. 
um, not only just a business, but, you know, being able to bounce ideas off of each other. Like, how did you do, like, how, how can I make this better? Or what did you do to, to do that? You know, because a lot of us are self-taught bakers. And so um, being able to, to talk to maybe some more of the, the veteran bakers who have been doing it for longer or, um, you know, I've, perf- I've perfected cookies and I haven't perfected cakes. So, you know, maybe I can help someone with their cookies or whatever it may be. But it's been a really great experience to work in, in that kitchen with total, you know, different personalities and different backgrounds. And we're making different things, but we all kind of just come together and support each other um, as women. And we're trying to all make our, our dreams come true. So, so obviously being in a, a shared kitchen, you're interacting with other bakers frequently, basically every day. What are some things that you think you've learned from them, both on the baking side of things, or maybe even on the business side, just looking at how they run their businesses, their social media accounts, things like that. What are some things that you've learned? Um, I've learned that it's great to encourage each other and to, you know, let somebody try your cookie or your cake and, you know, get their feedback. Um, I think being able to work more like as a, as a team, even though we have our separate businesses and and separate goods, um, I think that that has helped just knowing that I have people behind me who um, are trying to perfect, perfect their their baked goods and um, being able to do it alongside them and having someone to, one of the girls I work with, Haley from Crumb Coat and Chill, she's an amazing cheerleader. And um, I remember I was having kind of a, a down day and, you know, I had, my cells were kind of down and she's like, well, let's, you know, let's try this. And she just has some encouraging things to say. And I think that's a, a huge example to me to um, not just think about myself and my success, but being able and willing to help others. Or, you know, if I have a resource, maybe I can share it with them or somebody else can can share it with me. Um, and one of the ladies um, does ice cream and she's going to use some of my cookies um, to make ice cream sandwiches. So, you know, just having this combination of, of different um, goods that we can kind of bounce off of each other, some ideas to make better, or we can work together. And I think it's kind of hard not to compare um, yourself and somebody else's success, but to be able to be there for other people, to, to lift them up, and um, just because you are succeeding, not to push somebody down, but to help them along the way, and to have others there to help lift you up when you when you need some encouragement. Okay, so this is probably going to sound like a very dumb question to someone who has now made a business based off of baking. Right. But to my listeners, and honestly to me myself, who bakes very, very little, right. I don't think I have very good insight into this at all. So I'm just going to keep it broad. What is the difference between baking at home versus baking in a commissary kitchen? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the quantity. I can make a lot more at one time than I could at home. Just using my tiny six-quart KitchenAid compared to, I don't even know how many quarts it is, like 20 or 30 quarts of a commercial size mixer. So I can make, you know, six batches of cookies instead of one or two batches. I think the quantity. So I can produce more cookies out of this commissary kitchen and than I could at home um, in a shorter amount of time. So that was my, that was my goal in moving over to this commissary kitchen was 
I don't have a lot of time because I'm trying to take care of my family and run a business. And so I want to get out as many delicious cookies to my customers as I possibly can. Um, and so that's been the, the big difference. And also having the support of other bakers and business owners um, and seeing how they they run their business and how they work and learning from each other has been a huge difference. And you mentioned the visibility as well. And I think that that is absolutely huge because without her company, we would not be sitting here right now having this conversation. Mm-hmm. I would not have had your cookies because I, yeah. I came in one day, I think I was looking for some something from Crumb Coat and Chill and she was sold out. But Andrea was like, have you had Cravings cookies? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, right. but those are giant. They look really good. Right. I'm going to try those. Yeah. So, I mean, just being in that new environment opens it up to have someone just come in and mm-hmm. I mean these are eye-catching confections like mm-hmm. you can get somebody right there and then you can have an advocate for life and right. then maybe get roped into coming on a dopey podcast yeah. which might be <laughs> the not great side of things but yeah. regardless well yeah even this weekend I had um, a customer come in and try one of my cookies and then they messaged me and they asked, they, they're having a baby shower. They're like, can I get three dozen cookies? Oh, wow. Who, you know, someone who I would have otherwise not have met or been able to connect with, I mean, um, to get them some of my cookies. Now, I need to talk to you a little bit about social media strategy mm-hmm. because you do social media very, very well. Mm. And I think that this is something that a lot of restaurants and even, you know, home bakers, uh, startups struggle with. Before I ask any specific questions, I just want to hear from a high level, what is your Instagram or Facebook, just overall social media strategy? Strategy? Um, well, thank you for that compliment. Um, to be, probably to, to show people the be- behind the scenes. Um, so I do show them when my cookies come out perfectly, and then I do show when I failed. Um, I think a lot of people like when I start some of my my Instagram stories of Christina's test kitchen because they know what's going to come like there's going to be a new flavor or what is she going to try this time Um, and is she going to succeed because I don't always so I think that that's been one of the the things in my social media is showing people like how I'm doing this um, and how it's it's coming to fruition um, because of the effort that I'm putting into it Um, and then they get to see the end product and know that I've worked really hard on it and then them wanting to, to buy something that I've created. I think any time that you can take customers behind the curtain and give them kind of like that feeling of exclusive exclusivity, exclusive content, mm-hmm. that goes so far. So oh, yeah. I think that that's really smart. Mm-hmm. And another really smart thing that you do is you have a lot of posts. They're like short videos or reels where you have a clip from a song or a movie line or a TV line or something that Mm -hmm. will play Mm -hmm. and you'll somehow tie that into cookies and baking and then you'll like lip sync to it and it's it's really endearing like it's it's that those videos are funny yeah they're they're short but they're like they they show your personality a little bit Mm -hmm. a lot of chefs bakers coffee shop owners whatever it might be that I talk to very much prefer to stay behind the camera right. and not get in front of it. Mm-hmm. What was your thinking? And no, I'm, I'm going to go on the other side of the camera and show a little bit of my personality. Yeah, I think that people like to buy my cookies because they, they have seen my face. That I'm like this person who is pouring my heart out into whatever I'm making. Um, and I wanted to be on 
the other side of the camera in view so that people could see me and recognize me. And sometimes I do get recognized in public and they're like, Hey, are you the cookie lady? And I'm like, Oh yeah, that is me. Like, or someone will be like, Oh, I just started following you. Or, um, I met one of my friends on an airplane because she had seen my, my, um, probably my Instagram and I was going through my picture, my cookie pictures. And she had, you know, a few rows back, she saw what I was looking at and she's like, Hey, are you the cookie lady? And she's now one of my friends because we met on an airplane. Like how crazy is that? That she started following me and noticed, you know, what I was looking at on my phone and she said something and we we're friends now. So, um, I think also with my social media, I try to, um, you know, I want people to, to see the effort that I'm putting into it. And um, not only can I do it, but other people can do it. Because I had um, one of my followers reach out and say, hey, I started making cookies because I saw you do it. And if you can do it, then, you know, I can't remember how she worded it, but it was kind of like, I saw you do it. Now I can do it. Like, so I think that's been another reward for me is, is showing you. Sometimes I'll show... Um, Sometimes I'll I'll have my kids in my clips or I'll have, uh, you know, a video of my, my daughter at my feet or we're sitting next to the oven waiting for the cookies to bake. And I think that it helps other women see that you can have your, your hand in multiple things. You can have your motherhood and, or you can also have a business or baking or whatever it may be. So I think showing others that, there is room to grow and um, being able to be as real as I can. Um, And I always try to relate it to baking so that it's not too far, you know, I don't want to show everybody everything about my life, but um, if it's related to baking, then I'd love to share it. That's really, really cool. And I hadn't even thought about that, that you're an inspiration to, to another group of bakers who, who might be in the place where you were a couple of years ago saying, I really like to bake, but man, I don't, I don't know if I really want to put myself out there. Yeah. This is an example of saying, Hey, you, if you put it, not that it's easy by mm-hmm. any means, mm-hmm. but if you put a lot of hard work into this and you find a way to find that, that balance in your life, this is possible, right? You can make it happen. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> especially when you have young kids, it's hard to, Uh, put yourself out there in that you're so consumed in taking care of your kids, which is an amazing job. Um, But I think for me, especially when I had my postpartum, I felt like I needed not just one role in life, but also another role that I could identify with. Um, And so I think being able to show that to other women that you can have a family and a business or a job and make it work. It just takes a lot of effort. Yeah. All right, I've got two more questions before I let you out of here that I like to ask just about every guest that I have on. Sure. Uh, the first one, what is one thing that most people don't understand about baking or running a bakery business that you wish they did understand? Hmm. Maybe that a, a baker has to go through a process to create this outstanding product and that it's not just a one-time thing like... I'll mix this sugar and flour and eggs and butter together and it it's done. Um, and, and that 
you know, a baker has to perfect their recipes and try over and over again and not give up and, and keep going and create something amazing that people can enjoy. Um, I think sometimes people forget that it, it's a whole process. It's not just mixing some cookie dough together. If you want a really good cookie, you're going to have to work on it and make it what you want it to be. Um, and that's definitely what I've learned along the process of sometimes I get really discouraged when my recipes don't turn out. Um, but then remembering the high I get from this amazing cookie when my recipe does, does turn out. So, um, I think just the behind the scenes of people realizing that this is something that it's not just another cookie. Um, it's something that I have poured my heart and soul and my, my practice and skills into making this wonderful cookie. So, um, you know, when people would say like, what, what makes your cookie so special? Like, why do I need to buy your cookie? It's that I have this certain skill that I have perfected and these recipes that I've perfected to make this, this great product, this great cookie for, for someone to enjoy. I love that. And my last question, I think you've probably answered it at least once, maybe multiple times throughout the podcast, but to just put a nice bow on things, what is your favorite thing about baking or running a baking business? Whichever direction you want to take that. Um, maybe this is a little bit selfish, but I love to hear how people love my cookies. It just makes that's me not so selfish. <laughs> that's <laughs> validating. Yes, but I do like to be validated yes. in that way. Um, just to know that my efforts are, you know, have provided someone with a delicious cookie that they actually really enjoy. Um, because sometimes, you know, we, we go to events or different things and they have cookies and you're like, oh, that wasn't really that good of a cookie. But to have, like, this giant cookie that has lots of flavor and, you know, has been perfected is, is a joy to me that I hope to spread with others. Well, let me further validate you then by not only saying, I mean, I've said several times how much I enjoy these cookies, but I have gotten these cookies and taken them uh, to our home for our church small group, mm. cut them up into fourths and let people have them and they go crazy for them. I've taken these into work, put them in the break room. They evaporate in about 35 seconds. King oh. Kings knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I, I just want to put it out there, listeners, like these are some really, really good cookies and they're very unique. And I love that you, you draw so much inspiration from your grandma because like these remind me of like grandma's cookies but if grandma went to culinary school <laughs> like they, they feel very homey and like just chewy and somehow they make you feel like you're by the fireplace but also it's just something that grandma couldn't make because right. i love grandma but yes. <laughs> this is a different level yeah. christina thank you so much for taking the time today um again uh, if you want to check out uh, cravings cookies you can go to cravingscookies.com that's cravings starting with a k mm-hmm. Or go to her company, um, and you can follow Cravings Cookies on both Facebook and Instagram. As we mentioned, Christine is very good about updating those pages so you can know what flavors are coming out, what's going to be in the box, what she's currently stocking at her company. She's really good about letting you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Christina, right. thank you for coming on the show today. I really appreciated it. Thanks for having me. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.